0: Hey, friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that this message you hear today will encourage you and inspire you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, you can check out our website at cvcmadera.com And there you'll find our Instagram and Facebook links, as well as our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church Madera. Thanks for listening. If you missed the first two weeks of that, I encourage you to go back. We can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church, Madera, and it has the live streams on there. Every every live stream that we're we're live streaming right now, all of that is recorded. You can always go back and check out those issues of those series uh, points. But what we're looking at is uh, what fasting is, what it's not ultimately why we fast, why we believe fasting is essential for the life and the vitality of every believer and every follower of Jesus. So over those last couple of weeks, we talked about how fasting is, ultimately is offering ourselves to Christ. It's giving ourselves to Him. We talked about last last week how fasting helps us to grow in holiness, and uh, we also been meeting together on Wednesday nights in our small groups and diving deeper into this as we have a... Uh, small groups for conversation. But this week we're diving into the third of the four points, the four reasons why. There's more than four reasons why we fast, but we're isolating and, and pointing to four of these. And we're looking at the third one as, uh, as the point we're diving into as followers of Jesus. But before I get into the third point this morning, I want to share a story that was shared with those who came on Wednesday nights. If, here, if you came on Wednesday night, you've heard this story already, but I'm going to share it again it was shared in the, in the Bible studies on Wednesday night, but I'm going to share this one more time because I think it's, it's such a be- beautiful picture of what we're going to be talking about this morning. The date was May 23, 1940. During World War II, the Nazis had overrun France, and over 338,000 Allied troops had been pushed out, and they were retreating, and they were trapped on the beach called Dunkirk. Essentially, there was no hope for rescue for them. The British Prime Minister Winston Churchill was gearing up for the annihilation of the entire British Army, the last defense between England and the Third Reich's Blitzkrieg advance upon their nation. But then suddenly on March 24th, on the Friday, Hitler issued a baffling order to his generals to stop their assault. The German tank division stopped just 10 miles away from Dunkirk. At the same time, the city was enveloped in a strange mist of smoke and fog and the German Luftwaffe, it's a fun word, couldn't bomb the soldiers because they couldn't see them on the beach. What was even stranger at this time is that the English Channel, which is notorious for high winds and choppy waters, had become perfectly still. Historians say it was like bathwater. And during that time, more than 850 small civilian boats began to cross the Channel and rescue some 12, some 15, some 20 at a time, these 338,000 soldiers. This story was made famous for my generation in the movie Dunkirk that was released in 2017. But what you won't see in that film is that on the same day, Friday the 24th, When Hitler ordered his tanks to stop, King George VI, who had met with Churchill the day before and was told about the coming disaster and the immediate invasion upon his nation, called the entire nation to a day of fasting and prayer. Tens of thousands of people. I believe we have a, a photo of it. Tens of thousands of people lined up to get into Westminster Abbey in London to plead for God's mercy. All across the entire nation, the historians say there was never a day like this in the history of England, not before and not after. Just hours after King George had called for prayer, Hitler ordered his tank divisions to stop. And over the next several days, all of those troops that were on the beach were saved. That generation didn't call it Dunkirk. They called it the miracle of Dunkirk. That miracle saved England and kept them to fight again against the Nazis and turn the tide of the war. The question is, was it a miracle or just a coincidence? Was it God's response to prayer and fasting, an entire nation humbling themselves and crying out for his mercy, or was it just simply a poor strategic planning by the Germans? To me, it looks like a miracle. The divine intervention of the hand of God to save all of those lives and to, and to change and turn the tide of the war. Why do I think it's a miracle? Because something happens when we combine fasting and prayer. Yeah. All throughout Scripture, we see that prayer and fasting go together. Yeah. Now, the reality is you can pray and you don't have to fast. You can fast and you don't really have to pray. But when you combine the two together, something happens that amplifies the power of our prayers. So this morning, the third reason why we fast is to amplify our prayers. You can take the photo down now. Thank you. When looking at the word prayer, what we mean with the word prayer is how we communicate and how we commune with God. We can basically break prayer down into two groups, two categories. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Prayer is, first, listening to God. Often when we think of prayer, we think about the second one, speaking to God. But firstly, prayer is learning how to listen to God. And then prayer is obviously speaking to God. Here's what many of us are learning or already know as we've been fasting over these last couple of weeks, that fasting is a powerful practice that amplifies both God's voice to us and our voice to God. Write this down. Fasting is a way to hear God and be heard by God. Fasting is a way to hear God and to be heard by God. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. As you're turning there, let's pray together. Lord, again, we thank you for not only your spirit that is here with us because your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in our midst. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that we have been called into a family. We have brothers and sisters People who love you, who are seeking you, and we get to live life with them and do life with them and worship with them. We thank you for them. We thank you for the word. God, it is a light to our path. God, a lamp to our feet. Help us illuminate our hearts and our eyes and our minds to your word today. Help us to understand the depths of your love and what you are calling us to as we follow you, Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 13, we see this story where Paul and Barnabas, Paul also called Saul in this portion, being selected by the Holy Spirit to carry out the work of Jesus wherever the Holy Spirit would send them. And in verse 1 it begins, Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menon and the lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, say fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3, then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. Here's what I want to notice It's as they were fasting that they heard the voice of God come in with clear direction. Can I ask you, how many of you have had a similar experience as you've been fasting? That you've been, or you've fasted in the past and God, you've asked the Lord, God, I need direction, I need wisdom, I need discernment, I need to know which way I need to go. And as you were fasting, you heard God speak to you. When we fast and pray, when we learn to wait on the Lord we know that it, is, that it helps us to hear God's voice more clearly. If you're taking notes, write down this. Fasting helps us hear. Fasting helps us hear. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. It's like, well, I'm going to fast lunch. Boom, God, is that you? It's not going to happen that way. Not all the time. But certainly when you first start, because what you're going to experience when you first start fasting is uh, maybe some uh you might feel lethargic you might feel tired you might feel angry most of the times you might feel angry you might have a headache because you based on what you have been normally eating if your diet is high in sugar and and enriched grains and things like that a lot of processed stuff your body just begins to detox and the detox gives you headaches and makes you irritable and you're not listening to God in those moments you're just like God this is what you want me to do like this is this is important this is essential But as you continue to do it, as what we're teaching is to creating a rhythm and a pattern of your life of learning to say no to yourself so that you can say yes to God, His voice begins begins to become very clear in your life. You begin to hear. As you begin to transition past the the difficulty, uh, your mind all of a sudden becomes more alert, more attuned and you begin to become more and more hungry for the things of God and less and less hungry for the things of the world. You begin to have a a mind that is in tune and a heart that is longing for God's voice because you are coupling fasting and prayer together. Not only does uh, fasting heighten our awareness of God and our hunger for God, which is a very true thing, If you you are not hungering for the things of God, like I said last week, begin to fast. Because you, you might say, I know what I want to do, I know what I need to do, but I'm having a hard time doing it. So begin to do the things that you can do so that the Holy Spirit can come in and help you do the things you can't do. Right? That's what we talked about growing in holiness last week. So fasting will heighten your awareness of God and heighten your hunger for Him, but it also will free you up for more time to be with God. That's essentially what we're doing when we talk about the the spiritual disciplines. We talk about Sabbath last year. Taking a day so that you would stop and worship and rest and delight with God. Why? So that we can be with God. We're talking about fasting so that we can learn how to be with God and hear God's voice. That's the whole reason for the disciplines. We read the Word of God because we want to be with God and the Word shows us who God is. We spend time in prayer so that we can be with God. The, un- the true understanding is this. Whatever we behold, whatever we look at, whatever we put our time and effort into, that's what we become like. The saying is this. Whatever you, behold, whatever you behold, you become. Or you become what you behold. And as a follower of Jesus, what we're trying to do is, how do I begin to get more and more time with Jesus so I can be with Jesus and be like Him? That's the purpose of fasting, the, purpose, the ultimate purpose, because we're giving ourselves to Him. And fasting frees us up to be with God. Have you ever realized how much food consumes your thoughts and your time? Yes. Think about it. You're either thinking about food, you're thinking about the food you're eating, or you're thinking about the food you're going to eat next time. Right? You're sitting here, you came to church, somebody even asked, "I know somebody I know somebody asked. On the way to church, "What are we having for lunch today?" <laughs> food consumes our thoughts. Not only does it consume our thoughts, it also consumes our time. Especially if you are planning to, you, you cook at home, you make meals at home, you've got to figure out what do you got to get at the grocery store, when you're going to go to the grocery store, when you're at the grocery store, all of a sudden you want more things than you thought you needed. Especially if that grocery store is Target. I don't know anybody who goes in for one item at Target and comes out with one item. I don't, I don't know anybody who does that. I, I, maybe a couple men, but that's about it. Ladies can't resist the Target. The target so but it it consumes so much of us not only then do we have to shop for it we got to go home and prepare it then after we prepare it we eat it which only takes like two or three minutes you ever notice that you can cook a meal for 35 40 minutes everyone sits down and they're all done and like I just spent all day doing that and then you got to clean up after it consumes so much so just just the gift of fasting not only does it free up mental space that you're not trying to figure out what you're going to eat and what you're going to do and how you, what, what are you going to prepare, all of these things, but you also free up physical time just to be with God. So when we fast, we talk about, we're not just fasting it and filling it with other things like chores and laundry, and, oh, I'm not eating right now, so I might as well go do some gardening or something. No, it's the, it's the time to spend with God. You take that time on lunch break, I'm going to, be, I'm going to go to my car, I'm going to walk, I'm, going to do some, I'm just going to be with God, I'm going to commune with God. Fasting opens up these avenues for us. It helps us be more attentive, to be more mindful, to be more aware. And also, fasting opens our heart. It makes us humble. And it makes us hungry. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 12. It's a famous chapter in the book. But this is what the Lord says in verse 12. If you read the first verse, 11 verses, is talking about judgment that is coming upon the people because they refuse to humble themselves. But this is what the Lord says through the prophet Joel. He says in verse 12, Yet even now, declares the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Meaning don't just make an outward display that, oh, I love God, but your hearts are far from Him. It says, rip your hearts and not just your garments. Ripping the garments was a symbol of mourning. It says, mourn with your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and He relents over disaster. Fasting is one way that we can seek God with all of our hearts. With all that is in us. Fasting talks, it's like this, our, our whole body is crying out to God. Why? So when you are feeling hunger pains, instead of being angry that your stomach is growling, that is your, allow that to be your spirit crying out to God, I'm hungry for you. So it's, uh, it's helping you to seek God with all that you are, all of your heart. And when you join fasting with prayer, God moves. God moves. Why? why? Why can we say that? Because throughout Scripture we see it happening right even here in this chapter, Joel chapter 2. We see God moving when He calls the people to cry out and to fast and weep and mourn and pray. And the the portion of Joel chapter 2 that is so famous, especially in Pentecostal charismatic circles, is this portion in Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 28 and 29. Many of you know this. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward. We should have probably asked what the afterward was. But he says, afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and even your male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit. Yeah. See, in our circles, we are, we are quick to say, hey, in the last days, God's going to do this, God's going to do that. But it's after something happens. It's after the people humble themselves yeah. and cry out to God and fast and weep and mourn yeah. and ask for his mercy. And as they begin to turn, and verse 15 says, and let the priest lie down before the vestibule and the altar between the people and God himself and cry out for the mercy of God. And then after that, God says, I will hear. He says, call all to fast, even your children, even your infants, to cry out for the mercy of God and the hand of God. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit. Something happens when the people of God humble, uh, humble ourselves with prayer and with fasting and cry out to God, God, heal our nation, God, heal our families, heal our community, heal our city, God. Something happens when there's a hunger inside of us that comes from just, the, uh, uh, from more than just a moving or a stirring because your favorite worship song is sung. Something comes from deep within us to say, I want God more than I want anything else. And fasting helps us get in tune with the deeper hunger that's inside of us. It is hard to hunger for God on a full stomach. It's hard. I'm speaking from experience. It's hard to cry out for the things of God when we are satisfied with the things that are not of God. It's hard to do it. But fasting awakens us to the reality there is something far greater that we have in store for us and that we should be hungering for than just the next meal. Something happens when the people of God cry out together with fasting and prayer and seeking God with all of our hearts. So fasting helps us to hear God's voice, to get direction, but it also helps us to be heard by God. Now let me be clear. When you pray, God hears your prayers. Whether you're fasting or not, God hears your prayers. But there's something about fasting that seems to amplify our prayers before God. Amen. We see that because of the entirety of Scripture. Look again at Acts chapter 13. It says that they were worshiping and fasting, then the Holy Spirit spoke. It says, set these men apart from, for me, I'm gonna have, I have a job for them to do. And then in verse 3 it says, And then after fasting and praying, that's a separate time now. They heard from God, and now they're saying, Okay, we want Him to hear us as we send these brothers out. And so they begin to fast and pray. They lay their hands on them, and then they send them off. So they fasted to hear from God, and then they fasted to be heard by God. This is one of the main reasons why we fast, as God said to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 58 that your prayer, that your voice would be heard on high, or other translations, that your voice would be heard in heaven. Through the, when he's speaking to the prophet Isaiah, he's saying you're, you're fasting in the wrong reasons and the, because of the way you're you're doing your life and you're only concerned about how people view you, you're you're fat. You're fasting, but it's not it's not resulting in you being heard in in heaven. But he says we we can allude to that that when we do fast, it does help us be heard in heaven when we fast with the right motives and the right heart. So we can be heard in heaven, especially when we get in tune with God. I want to ask you, do you ever feel, have you ever felt stuck in prayer? Have you ever felt like you prayed and your prayers hit the ceiling and bounced back at you? I have. Yes. Feeling like you're stuck, that God isn't listening? You felt like you're, there's something, there's a wall between you and the power of God, or, the, or God touching or moving? See, in our movement, we used to teach people about tarrying on the Lord or waiting on the Lord. We used to tell people, wait on the Lord in prayer with fasting and you will receive your breakthrough. We used to use language like God's going to help you and you're going to pray through this situation, this wall that's, that's standing in front of you. But many of us don't know how to wait anymore on the Lord. We don't know how to sit and be patient and to wait for our Father to speak. Why? Because we are a microwave generation. If it's not done in the moment we want it done, and how we want it done, we're done with it. We're not willing to wait for anything. The only thing we might be willing to wait for is in and out. That's it. That's the only line I've ever seen that's long. Everyone else is not, not willing to wait. But that's a good picture for us, because we're willing to wait for things that are good. Amen. That'll preach. Are you willing to wait for something if it's good for you? If it's something that you really long for? If you're really really hungry for something, you're willing to wait for it. I wonder, are we really hungry for the things of God? If we are, are we willing to wait for them? Are we willing to wait to hear His voice saying, I won't move until I hear you. I won't go unless you send me. I won't speak unless I hear your words spoken. Are we willing to wait on God? Fasting helps us learn to be patient in the waiting. It helps us, as we talked about last week, break that pleasure cycle, the pleasure principle in our lives that says, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. That needs to be broken off of our lives. Where we are so consumed with TikTok shorts and, and short videos on YouTube But it's 30 seconds, if it's longer than that, we can't stand it. God's saying, I want your attention for more than 30 seconds. I want you to dive deeper into the things of me. Get deep with the Lord. How do we do that? We have to get in tune with the depths of who we are. Fasting helps waken that that up in us. Our attentiveness has to grow beyond the immediate satisfaction into the waiting and the praying. If you're taking notes, write this down. Fasting can help us break through those walls. Walls of Immediate gratification. Walls of not willing to wait for the good things. Fasting can help us. How? Because it it helps us to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. And like God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah in 29, 13, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Ultimately, God is our breakthrough. God is our deliverance. God is our freedom. God is our answer. And God rewards those who seek him, and the reward is him. And we need him. Why is God our reward? Because, and why does he call us to seek? Because he's a relational God. He longs for us to be in relationship. His ultimate goal is to draw us into the inner circle, the inner life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, to partake in the love that first created us. He wants us to experience the depths of his love, the depths of his joy, the depths of his acceptance. And prayer with fasting takes us deeper into union with God. Like we said last week, Fasting helps burn away whatever is creating relational distance between us and God. It removes the junk and the trash out of our lives as as we begin to grow in holiness. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. Fasting helps us to deny our flesh and to say, I want Jesus more than anything else. Think about the story of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3, it tells us about the Ninevites. They... Heard the shortest sermon that didn't even call them to repentance. It just said, in 40 days, you're dying. That was it. That was his whole message. 40 days, and you're destroyed. And they're like, wait, what? The Bible says that they believed God, and they proclaimed a fast for all of them, from the greatest to the least, and they put on sackcloth, a sign of mourning and repentance. Repentance. The Bible tells us that God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, and he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. We discussed this on Wednesday night. The Hebrew word for, that, that is used in this passage of they turned from their evil ways and God relenting from destruction that he had for them is the same word, meaning this. When they turned, God turned. Arthur Wallace in God's Chosen Fast, a book that we have recommended people to read as extra reading, says this because man repents in respect to sin, God repents in respect to judgment. Man's change of heart makes it morally possible for God to behave differently towards him, yet act consistently. We often mistakenly assume that God's going to do whatever he's going to do with or without our prayers. But the pattern we read throughout Scripture is that when God's people pray, especially when they fast, He responds. Amen. I think it's a great disservice to the church, this doctrine, that God's just going to do whatever He wants to do. And we have no part or no say, and He's not invited us into a partnership with Him. God says, no, I'll do it, but I want to move through you. I want you to... I've given you the world, I've given you the earth to have dominion and authority to rule over, and I'm not going to go against what I've already established. That's why Jesus came in the flesh to reestablish us back into the authority we gave away in the garden to kick the enemy in the teeth, as Jackie says, to take away the authority that we gave him and put us back in authority over the earth. But he's still saying, I've given you authority on the earth to establish my kingdom in it. And he does it through the church that prays, that seeks his face. That's why Jesus taught his disciples, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If he didn't teach us to pray that way, why would we do it? Why would we have to pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth if he was just like, I'm going to do it anyway? No, he says, I will do it but in partnership with you. Because that's the order and the standard that he set up. And when we think that, oh, well, God, well, I don't know, I'm just not going to, what can I do? The Bible says you can pray. You can fast and watch God move and hear and intervene on your behalf. We see that in the story of Jonah. But throughout scripture, we see it. We see it with King Jehoshaphat when he called the nation to pray when the enemy was outside their gates. We see that with Esther when there was a genocidal uh, sentence upon the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, when she called a three-day fast and God heard and responded and turned the situation around. We see it at the Church of Antioch. We see it so many times throughout Scripture. When it comes to hearing, when it comes to being heard by God, not only is fasting an aid in prayer, but it amplifies our prayers. But I want us to remember, even with that, our goal of prayer is ultimately not to get what we want from God. It's not a tool we use to get what we want and get our way. It's what we use to get God himself. It's a demonstration that, God, I am hungry for you. I am thirsty for you. God, yes, I have needs Yeah, God, I I need to have finances. i got to provide for my family. I need a place to live. There's things that I need, and the Father knows what you need, Jesus says. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. The problem is we put everything else before seeking him. And we we believe a a, a, a doctrine called prosperity gospel that tells you just whatever. You just name it, and you claim it, and God has to do it for some reason. The problem is, if that's what you believe, then that's all you get. But I don't want something that's going to stay here after I die. I want something that I can uh, be in relationship with for all eternity, and that something is someone named Jesus. So he's my great reward, and he's the one I seek after first. My life, I want it to be rich with his spirit. Rich in his blessing. The blessing of knowing Jesus. I want union with God. I want to enter into the life that He has given us between the Father, Son, and Spirit. To hear the Father, Son, and Spirit speak their love over us. To, speak, to be able to speak His love back to Him in return. That's what we want to do this morning. We want to hear from the Lord. And we want to be heard by God. And if that's your prayer, that's your desire, you want to hear the voice of God, I encourage you, to fast. If you want to be heard by God, the situations in your life and you don't know, God, do you even hear me? God, do you even care? First, God does hear you. God does care. But allow your prayers to be amplified in heaven by saying, I'm going to deny myself so that I can say yes to him. That's what God wants to do. God wants to have his people hear him and he wants us to be confident that he hears us as well. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of your shepherd today? The discipline of fasting, like I said, like all spiritual disciplines, is to help us be with Jesus. That's what we want to do. We want to be with him more so that we can be more like him. As the worship team comes, we're going to close out this morning. There is a blessing that comes with fasting. The blessing is more time with Jesus. Amen. More time with Jesus. If you want to grow in your discipleship, of uh, your following of Jesus, you've got to be with him. It's not about doing another program. It's not jumping into another Bible study and, or or you know, doing all the mechanics of things you think you ought to do. It's about learning to be with him, creating patterns in your life that will say, I'm going to devote myself to the one who created me, the one who tells me my identity, the one who shows me what truth is because he is the truth. He is the way, and he is the life. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel where you'll hear past episodes if you like what you hear be sure to rate it and share it with friends it'll help us out a lot if you're interested in supporting the ministry of central valley church go to CVcmadera.com and click on the giving link we love you god bless